Welcome back to the Attitude Effort Results Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Natsky. I hope you guys liked the Q&A session that we had last episode. That is something that we'll be doing about once a month or every fourth episode. Again, every single question that you ask will be answered, whether that's via LinkedIn. Again, my name Tanner Natsky and is in North A-T-Z-K-E or on Instagram at T-Man Natsky23. And we will take about four or five questions each month to answer them directly on the podcast together. If you have a question in mind, somebody else probably does as well. So let's reach out. Get out of your comfort zone. Uh, throw it out to me. Again, I'm happy to help out with everything I can. Ask the question. And let's get better together. Today, we have an awesome episode to talk about. I'm very excited for this one, and I hope you guys are as well. Today, we're going to talk about how to approach the actual informational interview phone call. So if you remember, before the question and answer uh, episode, we did talk about how to creatively craft a message to a sports professional. Uh, If you didn't listen to that one, pause this one first. Go listen to that one. Um, and then come back and listen to this one. We're going to talk today about a couple pre-call tips and tricks. Then we're going to walk through important questions to ask during the actual call. And we'll finish up with specific actions to take um, at the end of the call that will set you apart from others. It will set you up for future calls and it will help you have great connections with these individuals that you are reaching out to, not just now, but throughout the future as well. So let's dive into it. First things first, we are going to uh, talk about mirroring, which is important, genuine curiosity, actively listening. Uh, Those are going to be covered in a different episode. But again, those three things, mirroring, genuine curiosity, and actively listening are things that you want to have on every single phone call. Let's dive into the pre-call tips and tricks. You guys want to be a salesperson. If you're getting into this role and you're having this call, you want to be a salesperson on the call. You want to sell yourself. Make yourself um, as approachable as you can be to this person. So step one, make sure that your resume is buttoned up. Again, this is all pre-call. Make sure your resume is buttoned up. If they ask you, hey, can you send over your resume? Be able to do it right away. Don't be like, yeah, can I get it back by the end of the week? Uh, I got to like, you know, fix some stuff, you know, do this, that, and the other. Let's just have it ready. You know, let's get it, let's get it ready. Let's be buttoned up on our resume. And what that means as well is let's have relevant content to the position itself. Uh, Be neat, spelling correct, things like that, right? And then make sure your contact's information on it. You don't want to uh, send it out there and they're like, "Uh, I got your phone number, but like, what's your email? Like, you know, where you at? So make sure that's on there. Um, and so that's all important stuff. And then dress up. This is something that I did early on and I wasn't sure how important it was until I got into the industry. Dress up every single phone call. A lot of these are going to be zoom or teams or whatever it is because COVID has changed that. And that's the world we're in now. Even if it's not, I think you should still dress up. I think you should still dress for the position that you want. If you're talking with a sports professional, chances are they're at work, they're in a suit. Chances are that they're at least, if not in a suit, in a button down. Do the same. 
You know, if you don't have a suit coat, wear a button down. If you don't have a button down, wear a collared golf shirt and, and put dress pants on and, and get prepared. Maybe sit at a desk while doing it. What you're doing is you're creating, um, you're creating actually uh, brain wavelengths of like, hey, when I sit down, this is what's happening. When I sit down, I'm professional and I'm having this conversation. Now, when you get into the room, like think about think of like you're in the room with that person staring them in the eyes. Think of that throughout the conversation. And so now when you actually get to that room, when you actually get to the position where you're interviewing, it's a final interview with the VP and you're sitting down, it's not as nerve wracking because you've already done it a hundred times on every single phone call. That's where your mind went to. So before we get on this call, let's prepare ourselves mentally, dress up, you know, pants, even put shoes on if you want, a belt, collared shirt, put a sport coat on if you can, sit at a desk and prepare like you are in the stadium with the vice president for the final interview. Because then when that time comes, that'll be a walk in the park. And then also do a little bit of research. We talked about this last time. Again, don't be creepy. <laughs> don't know their you know, second kid's middle name. Um, or how many home runs your, their kid had in the game last week, right? Like, don't be, don't be creepy, but do a little bit of research, uh, know their background and then prepare four or five questions. So step four, prepare four or five questions and make sure these are in depth questions. We don't want surface level. Imagine how many calls that these guys get and how many, uh, resumes they look through and how many questions they get asked. And how many surface level questions there? You're just going to be a dime a dozen. You don't want to do that. What you do want to do is you want to have very creative, in-depth questions prepared. So when you get in there, you can wow them. And you can really have an impact on this individual. So let's recap the pre-call tips and tricks. Um, be a salesperson. Be ready to sell yourself. Make sure your resume is buttoned up. And then to prepare, dress up even if it's just for a call. Three, research them. Again, don't be creepy. <laughs> and then four, prepare those four to five questions for the call. So when you go into it, one, you've already read those over, and two, you have those prepared um, for the phone call. All right, next, important questions to ask during the phone call. Now we're getting into the fun stuff. First things first, don't just copy what I say and use it on every single phone call. Because what I want in a position and what I wanted to learn is different than every single person listening to this conversation. Think about what you want in your career path. And if you have to sit down and journal this out because you're not sure, journal it out. Think of the things that you want and the things that you don't want. And prepare questions surrounding those things. Don't prepare questions around what other people are saying and around what, you know, you're just copy pasting from a video online or a TikTok that you saw. Do some work on yourself and make sure that you know what you want in your career path. Like what really matters to you? When you're going into this call, what are you trying to get out of this phone call? And that's going to that's gonna be different for every single person. Are you going into this phone call trying to find out more information about their culture? 
about their background, about their college experience? Is it about money? Is it about location? Or do you have a specific team or a league that you want to work in? Are you curious about flexible hours? COVID has brought a lot of that out. There's flex hours, there's work from home days. Like, are you curious about that? Is that important to you when getting into the sports industry? And again, only you can answer that. Are you interested about different management styles? Are you interested about different people that work there? Are you interested about company size? What are you interested in? So again, don't copy what, you know, don't carbon copy what we're about to say here. And I have a couple questions prepared, but make sure you know what you want when reaching out to this individual and what's most important to you. Second, make sure when you're preparing your questions that they are in depth. Again, don't be surface level with this stuff. And it might sound daunting and it might sound like that's a ton of work, but it really is when you narrow it down, it's going to be impactful to have deep, thoughtful questions. For instance, if you get up there and you say, hey, what does your career path look like? It might sound like an awesome question and you might actually end up asking one that's similar, but didn't you already do your research? Like you have LinkedIn, right? You already know where they've worked. You already know what their career path looks like. So why would you ask, hey, what does your career path look like? You already have it in front of you. That's a surface level question that most people are probably answering. But you don't want to be like most people. You want to stand out. You want to be different. And you want to really wow them. You want to impress them. Say something like this instead of, what does your career path look like? Something along the lines of, hey, I see that you've worked with X team for two years, Y team for four years, and now you've been with Z team for two more years. What about your career path has helped you stand out among your peers that has given you an opportunity to be in the position you are today? Might want to rewind that one. I see that you worked with X team for two years, Y team for four, and now you've been with Z team for two years. What about your career path has helped you stand out among your peers that has given you an opportunity to be in the position you are today. Now that's impressive right there. That's impressive stuff. Ask smart questions, ask thoughtful questions, dig a little bit deeper, be different. Some important questions that I've found helpful, and again, these do not have to be what you find helpful. They do not have to be carbon copies, but when I was walking into the industry, some of my most important things or management style, the people slash culture I was going to be working in and with. And that was that was pretty much it. Opportunity. I wanted opportunity as well. Those were the three things that I was really looking for. So I centered my questions around those three things because that's what was important to me. One thing, it is a buzzword question, but I do believe it's very important, is tell me about the team culture. Tell me a little bit about what you guys do inside the office, outside the office. Again, culture is a very 
um, high level buzzword, but that's important. You know, are there teams going out to happy hours and hanging out together? Are there teams uh, hanging out on the weekend? Are are they coming into work and they're extremely professional and they're awesome at their jobs, but outside of work, they don't talk. Not saying one's good, not saying one's not. What do you want? And by asking that question, let's say you have, you know, two or three of these conversations a week, you're going to get to learn a lot of different cultures and you're going to learn what you like and what you don't like. And that is the idea of this informational interview phone call that you're on. Another one. Hey, I know you've been in the industry for X amount of years. How has the industry changed over time? And again, this is going to be different depending on how many years they've been in the league. But if you're talking to somebody who's been in the league for 20 years, they probably did not have an extensive CRM system that we have now. So what did lead generation look like? How has it changed now? How does that impact our business? Right, 20 years ago today, you probably were not texting off a separate platform to individuals and the prospects as much as we are today. You're probably not getting leads from Twitter and Facebook 20 years ago pumped in consistently like we are today. So how has that changed? And then how has that impacted the business? Why are we better now than we were 20 years ago? Because that's going to give you a really good feel of where the organization is going and where that person is going. Let's say this person's been there for 20 years and they're like, hey, you know what? Like it's pretty much stayed the same over the last 20 years. Um, you know, our, our team size has been 10 people. Uh, you know, I was here 20 years ago and it was 10 people. It's, it's 10 people now and I, it, it's pretty much the same. Okay, if growth opportunity is important to you, if that's what's important to you, that might not be the organization that you're looking to work in. That might not be the type of culture you're looking to work in. If everything for the last 10 years has or 20 years has been the exact same in the organization, there's not a ton of growth there. You know, if, if you really like coming into work, doing your job and leaving, going to an organization that has a culture of, hey, you know, we have we have grown significantly over the last couple of years. We've tripled our team in size and, you know, we're looking to grow again. If you're someone who's like, ah, I don't really like being around that many people. I'm kind of looking for a smaller office. That's important to know. So I love that question, especially if someone's been in the industry um, a, a, a lot of years. And it's also since COVID, sports has changed. I, I think that's something that uh, across the board. Uh, has changed. Like everybody was all in person all the time. And now it's not like that. So you really want to know what your work environment is going to look like. And that question will help you get that as well. And again, if you missed the question, I'm here forever. Pause, rewind, come back to me. I literally won't ever leave. Another question, like what do the work days look like? What do game days look like? <clears throat> Excuse me. Every single sport is a little bit different. You know, baseball, there's 80-plus home games. NFL, there's only 10, and one or two of those are preseason. So what does that look like? Both sports are going to have different off-seasons. If you're working in soccer, what does that look like? Are we there for just the game, or is it an all-day affair? I know when we worked in, when I worked in, in Washington, D.C., we had doubleheaders. 
some would rain out. There's no doubleheaders in the NFL. There's no doubleheaders in NHL. So so learn what those are. If you're like, hey, I really want to be at the ballpark. I really want to be at the at the arena all the time, and I want to do less office work, and I want to have flexible hours, that's important to know. So what do the work days look like? What do your game days look like? What are you going to be doing on a daily basis? Are you going to be sitting in the stands watching the game with clients? Are you going to be at a sales table? Are you going to be... Um, you know, walking around, helping with game day operations. Like, what does that look like? So I think that's a very important question as well. So again, just to recap the questions, make sure they're important to you. I had questions that that I started with. I actually vividly remember writing down 10 questions in the hotel when I was in Cleveland, uh, the first time I ever was about to interview with a sports professional. And I was freaking out. I think I was sweating. I was, (laughs) legs were bouncing up and down. And I remember trying to think of these questions and my 10 questions all were one line across a piece of paper. So imagine just a regular piece of paper. They're all one line across and they all fit on the same piece of paper. Now, how in depth do you think those questions were if they were just one line? Like if if they're not that many words and I have big handwriting also, so it probably wasn't that in depth and there definitely wasn't a ton of research or if any at all, probably that went into those. And so there, (laughs) make sure that you're doing a little bit of research, make sure your questions are in depth and wow them, make that question something they have never answered before, make them think about it a little bit. So that's what I have to say about questions. Now, the last thing is specific actions that you can take at the end of the call that will set you apart from other candidates, from other people reaching out, and from others in the industry. And I like giving specific actions because these are something that you guys can do on every single phone call that will make you different and will set you apart from the rest. Now, you've asked your questions. And now it's time to wow them. You went through everything that you need to know. You answered everything. Now it's time to wow them. First of all, thank them for their time. They took time out of their busy day, and sports is very busy, to have a conversation with you. Now, most people that I've met love doing it, and they love giving back. However, thank them for their time. Action step number one. And now... You're going to ask them if there's anybody that they know that would be beneficial for you to talk to. Something along the lines of this. Hey, it's been awesome talking with you today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Is there anybody else that you know that I could learn from? Is there anybody else that you know that that I would benefit from speaking with? Now, that does a couple things. The first thing it does is that it gives you an opportunity to learn and meet other people in the sports industry relatively easy. You don't have to go looking for them. You don't have to stress about where they're at or what sport. They're giving you a person. The second thing it does, when you get on the phone call with that person, it gives you a ton of credibility. Hey, I just talked with X from this organization. He said I should reach out to you because I had something to learn from you. 
would you be willing to get on a phone call? I have Tuesday at 4 or Wednesday at 10 a.m. There is a lot of weight to that question when reaching out to that second individual because they probably know the person <laughs> that you're talking to that gave you their name, right? The third thing, and maybe the most important thing, you got to remember, these are sports sales individuals. Part of the sales process is asking for referrals. So what did you just do? You ended the phone call, you learned what you needed to learn, and now you're asking them for a referral. This is what you're going to do on every single phone call you ever make the rest of your life in sales is ask for the referral. It's one of the most important things that you can do in sales because if you and I are going to, uh, let's call it a soccer game, and we had a great time, and the salesperson says, is there anybody else that you want to go to the game with? It's like, yeah, we actually had an awesome time. We want to bring a couple more buddies out. Like now you're asking for a referral, which is a massive part of the sales process. And you're doing it in a really, really good way, but you're showing this manager, this individual that's on a, on, uh, in the sports industry, you're showing them that you already have the skills that it takes to be in the sports industry. Now, one thing that I'm going to leave up to you guys, and I don't think this is essential in every phone call. However, I do think if you use it in the right tone with the right person, it can be very impactful for the next steps for you. And I've done this a lot, and so that's why I'm saying it. I would ask if a position were to open, so make it a hypothetical. Hey, X, great talking to you today. If a position were to open, what would your best recommendation be on how to apply? You're not asking for a job. You're being very respectful and you're getting their opinion. You're actually learning from them. Let's say you have 10 of these calls over a month. Let's stick with the two to three a week. You have 10 over a month. You're going to get 10 different answers on how they would apply. If nine of them say the same thing, you think you should probably do that next time you apply? <laughs> if 90% of the people in the sports industry are suggesting you to apply one way, I would probably do it. If you get 10 different answers, now you know that there's not one specific way to apply and it gives you a different idea when actually going to apply for this job or internship. And it doesn't matter what stage of your career that you're in. But this question opens the door. It's a very respectful way to ask for one, their opinion. And two, you know, hey, X, if a position were to open, what would your best recommendation be on how to apply? Hey, Tanner, I actually have a position available. You want to shoot me over your resume? Ding, ding, ding. What did we talk about at the beginning of the episode? To prepare, have your resume ready. Hey, X, I really enjoy sending my resume over. I actually have prepared it just for you today. What email would you like me to send it to? I mean, talk about selling yourself into a role, right? Like you came prepared and you might not ever use a resume. No, maybe nobody ever says that, but you're prepared for the one time that it does. Hey, you prepared your resume. You came dressed up. Maybe you're on a video call. You dressed up. They had three other phone calls with other people this week. Nobody else was dressed up. You asked your questions. You asked for a referral. And then you asked for the sale. 
if a position were to come available, how would you apply? You ask for the sale in a very respectful way because you'll never, ever make a sale without asking for it, right? Like you just did so many things that a salesperson needs. You're going to look very impressive on that phone call. And then another thing too, depending on the situation and depending on how the conversation goes, and again, half of this stuff is feel and half of it is actively listening and mirroring. And again, we're going to talk about that in a different episode. But I always ask for their address to send a thank you card to. I think thank you cards, handwritten thank you cards are going out of style which actually gives you an awesome opportunity. It gives you an awesome opportunity to stand out because I don't think anybody's doing them anymore. And they actually do mean a lot still. They still are important, but people are lazy and people have stopped doing it. So ask them for the address for a hand, handwritten thank you card. Hey, I, you know, again, appreciate you getting on the phone today. I'd love to send you a thank you card. What's the best address for you? They're probably going to give you a stadium address, which is fine. But some people might have different PO boxes that are on Google. Like I would have just always ask. Then you're going to write the thank you card immediately after the phone call and put something in there that you learned from the phone call. Don't procrastinate. Don't be like, ah, you know what? Like I'll get those thank you cards out. We'll just do them all at the end of the month. And then you got 10 of them. Then you're, you're through three and you're like, oh, my, my buddies want to go play frisbee golf. My buddies want to, you know, go out. The girls, girls need a night out. Girls need a night out. I can't finish these thank you nights. Girls need a night out. Do it right there. Take five minutes and do it right there on the spot. This is going to do a couple things for you. One, it shows the individual that is receiving the card. If you call them on Monday and an envelope shows up with the thank you card on Thursday morning, it shows them you don't mess around. Because the mail service is only so fast. <laughs> if you talk to them on Monday and a thank you note shows up that week, they know that you don't mess around. You need something done, or they need something done in a job, you get it done right there. You don't procrastinate and you get it done. Another thing is because you're going to talk about something that you had talked about in that conversation, you're going to write something in the thank you note that you guys had just talked about in that conversation, it also shows them that this is one thoughtful and that you are actively listening. And it shows that this isn't a carbon copy of a hundred different thank you notes that you wrote out. I mean, that right there in itself is going to help you moving forward. It just shows that you're not carbon copying every single one and you're doing your due diligence. So those are the specific actions that you can take at the end of the call to set yourself apart. This has been my favorite episode so far. <laughs> I mean, this has been, um, I might need to start video recording here. I don't know how to do that. I'm not really good at that. If anybody wants to run a TikTok or YouTube page with me, like, let me know and we can talk because I'm not good at that stuff. But I think I was pointing and fist pumping more this episode than I have in any other ones. This is important stuff. Like if you guys listen to the one preparing and asking for the informational interview and this one, 
you're going to be set up very well. And if there's little tidbits and little things that you guys miss, rewind. Don't worry, that's easy. And if there's other questions, like I said, every single question that you guys sent to me will be answered. And so I'm super excited for this. Uh, we might have to do an episode uh, like this down the road as well. Um, but I'll leave you like that. Like, rate, share this with everybody, please. There's other people in this industry that maybe are interested, maybe that you know, maybe have never talked about it, but you think they might be a good fit. This is an episode to share. This is the one that's going to get uh, around to a lot of different people, and a lot of different people are going to be helped because of this. And I'll leave you the same way. I leave you every single episode is inspire others today, and let's continue to grow together.